Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. And welcome, legends and legendettes. This is the Swipe Right podcast for Rugby League, the weekly wodge on another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. All of our episodes on this podcast are timeless, even the wodge, so you can go back and listen to any episode at any time. They aren't time critical, they'll make sense, and you'll love them all. The world of footy, always so much to talk about, to debate, to argue about, to discuss, and there's always another interview or one more question to keep us interested. A little tale for you later in this episode, but the highlight is the eight absolute legends we've interviewed for you for this episode. King Guffo drops in, so does Shane Wright, Curtis Sirinan, Scotty Sattler, Wade Egan, Chris Walker, Jason Stevens, and Adam Dewey. Footy talk, shit talk, and plenty of laughs. Let's rip in, legends. This is serious shit we just need to know. Adam Dewey from the West Tigers is here. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Rambo or Rocky? Rocky. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Step brothers or Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber. Love it. <laughs> Batman or Superman? Superman. Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny? Santa. Sunday Arvo, mates or misses? Mates, for sure. I'm single, so it's an easy one for me. <laughs> Mate, you stay single, stay single. Speak, speak and take the advice of us older blokes. Hey, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes, yes, yes. Ham and pineapple is my go-to. Is ham, Is it really? You're not a meat lovers yeah, type guy? No, no. Nah, nah. Ham and pineapple any day of Okay, what's your go-to on the barbecue? Uh, well, I am Lebanese, so but I do, I do, I do like you can't beat a snag on the barbie. You put a snag and a bit of Lebanese bread and tomato sauce, you, you can't go wrong, can you? No, you can't go wrong, mate. And I think we've got more in common than you think. I reckon we're going to have to have a, a barbie and sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. 
for, for sure. <laughs> Born in WA, our guest is a regular for the North Queensland Cowboys, and I absolutely love the way he plays his footy. Shane Wright, legend, what age did you head over East Coast? Uh, I think I was I was seven. I was yeah, I was uh, the, the later later end of seven seven years old. So um, moved over to a little town called Ely Beach and just finished off grade two, and then there I went from there. Not a bad little spot, Haley Beach. Where'd you play your junior footy, mate? I played for the Possipine Brahmins. Uh, so that's just a little town, probably about 20 minutes from Haley, just a bit inland. Great part of the world, isn't it, in and around there? Yeah, it's it's, it's paradise, really. I, I was very lucky to grow up there. We had the um, we had the reef and the islands just there, and then you go, you go 20 minutes inland and you sort of get that um, country lifestyle yeah, as well. 100%. Now, you're in Townsville, obviously, now. Living arrangements. You're sharing a joint with hooker Reese Robson. Um, I thought you'd be too smart for that nonsense. What's he like as a roomie? Uh, Robbo, no, he's um, he's really good. Um, he um, he bought an apartment up here, and he was just living by himself. And I, and I was just moving out of where I was going, so I just thought I just asked him. He's like, yeah, jump in. And um, no, he, he's been good. We um, we are different though, the way we eat and all that. Like he's a bit of a sweet tooth and all that, and I'm a, I'm a bit more stricter, but yeah. uh, it's all good. We we sort of keep to ourselves as well, and sometimes we can we know each other as well. But uh, it's good. It's a good fun. Who's the chef? Uh, I reckon I am. I, I cook a lot more than him, but again, we eat differently. So he will just he'll cook his own stuff. I'll cook my own stuff, and it's it's happy that way. Mate, getting away from footy with the boys so important in this day and age to have that mental release what's your go-to is it is it golf is it fishing is it you know swimming uh, what do you do to relax i think all of the above like i'm not i'm definitely not good at any of them but i like doing them at all but yeah. um a lot of the boys up here like to play golf so every now and then i've got a golf set so every now and then i go for a hit just for a laugh like i'll probably lose about 50 balls yeah. but it's a good laugh just being around the boys in that environment but um I like, yeah. Uh, again, I like being out on the water, but that's probably, that's probably the biggest thing. So just going down the beach, being on the boat, going fishing, that's that, that's me. I love being out in the sun. Okay, frank assessment. Best golfer, worst golfer at the Cowboys. Who, who, who's who got those? Um, Kyle Felt would have to be the best golfer. Wow. And hit him, the big fella. Um, worst golfer. Uh, oh, the, the Mackay boys, Ruben Cotter or Mitch Dunn, they're, they're pretty pretty bad. Okay, thanks for dropping in mate, we'll chat again soon. So a couple of young Broncos boys had a bit of a wrestle on Mad Monday and a few drinks, a few truths and bang, so fucking what? The amount of incidents like this over the years would stun you. The amount that I actually know about but have never said anything about, in particular on Mad Monday as well. One of the greats involved a West Tigers Mad Monday stink, a beauty, and it was in front of the coach as well, just as he walked into the pub. Lips are sealed, though. So, what are the proper feuds in footy? Proper ones, not Jordan, Ricky, Thomas, Flegler ones. The real ones. Wayne Bennett, Ricky Stewart is a beauty. Wayne Bennett, Ivan Cleary is the latest. Wayne Bennett, Anthony Seabold, perhaps. 
Seems old Clint Eastwood likes upsetting his rivals. What about some others? Uh, the Raiders and James Tedesco, the Bulldogs and Dez Hasler, Robbie Farrer and Anthony Watts still gets talked about, even though I think both fellas are absolutely sick of it. Greg Alexander and Steve Lenane have never talked. Same applies for Les Boyd and Daryl Broman, and that's going back three and a bit decades. Johnny Sattler and John Bucknell, now there's one, haven't spoken since 1970, good reason to. One of the most famous or infamous and disgusting incidents on the footy field ever. We actually have the story too, in John's own words, on the podcast. Jot this down or remember it, episode 145. The 1970 grand final, the John Sattler story. It's an amazing story in his words, an amazing listen. I'm sure you'll love it. What's a good back rower do? What is their specific job? It's an easy question. It's a hard answer because not every coach is asking the same of his back rowers. Curtis Sirenen from the Manly Seagulls has lobbed. Mate, what do you consider is a good back rower? Oh, mate, it's, it's a, it is a very hard question. Um, I think everyone, every, every player um, who plays in that position, you know, has obviously got different strengths and weaknesses and things like that, but... Personally, I think you can't you can't go past. Um, I look at the who's the best in the comp and what they do. That's yep. something that I, I like. To, I like to watch a lot of footy. So, obviously, Boyd Corner, the captain of Australia. Um, you know, he's been that probably the best back row for the last probably four, you know six or seven years. I yeah. think since since he sort of made that his own and um, his toughness and his work rate um, and how he carries the football is he's probably second to none. Just getting in behind the ruck and just. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to sort of explain till you, you know, you you know the game. Um, he's, but definitely just his his presence and maybe you go out there. He's he's um, how he defends as well. He'll you know he'll come out and smash someone, and or he'll have a strong carry and get his team on the front foot. So, um, yeah, it's hard to sort of nail one thing. I think you got to have you got you sort of that link between. Um, you know the front rows in the middle, and yep. and and the and the guys defending out wide too. So you got to have a, a bit of smarts um, about about what's coming. It's not just bash and barge. Sometimes you sort of got to you know read a defence as well, and um, there's a bit that goes into it. So you can't just be a sort of one-minded uh, footballer. You got to sort of yeah have some footy smarts about you as well. So much defensive emphasis on the back row because, as you said. You're the guy that's in between the middles and your side of the field, and you've got to be strong. You've got to be a good communicator. You've got to be a really quick decision maker because if you're confused where you are, the three guys on your outside are absolutely no chance of making a decision. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And, and a lot of a lot of teams sort of send their, um, you know, that a lot of their sort of shape goes around the back. You know, sending players at the back row if he turns in. Yep. You know that you know the half and the center and the foot and the and the winger. Sorry, are, are, are usually following him and, and vice versa. If he turns out, he's usually um, a try under the under the post. So, yeah, it's, it's stuff that we get worked on. You, you, your fitness has got to be pretty good because a lot of a lot of the guys, um, a lot of the back rows are playing eighty minutes these days, and the game's only getting quicker. And you know, with the with the substitutes, 
not many coaches want to use, you know, use use a substitute for a back rower. Yep. Really, you know, if you don't have to. Are you a talker on the field, mate? Naturally. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty loud, mate. From my, I'm probably louder now than I was when I was playing in the halves and and really okay. had to sort of. I learnt my lesson. Um, if you don't talk, you're not gonna you're not gonna be in the side long because when you know when the shit hits a fan and, and your asses are hanging out and you're buggered. Yep. Um, you just you know so you need to be able to talk to each other and or you're just gonna you know be in no man's land. So, but yeah, I'm a big communicator. I'm, I'm screaming, especially the like the front row, whoever it is is. He's usually next to me. I'm trying to get him to help me as much as possible. <laughs> Wonderful insight, Curtis Sirenan. Thanks for dropping in, mate, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. So many of the game's superstars have wonderful stories to tell. Mainstream media concentrates on the negative because it sells papers and guarantees you a click on a shit headline. Fuck that. Rather be positive and like to chat about the players making a difference through the NRL State of Mind program. There's a heap of guys and girls that have put their hand up to assist in the battle against mental health. Darius Boyd, Michael Morgan... Paul Momorowski, David Gower, and this man, Warriors Wade Egan. Mate, what is NRL State of Mind? Um, it's just doing sort of promotional work for the you know the State of Mind programs. Um, the NRL sort of reaches out to us ambassadors and we um, sort of promote it on our social media sites and we do interviews and um, we even do, you know, little um, film clips and stuff yep. and videos they use in, the, in their platforms. So, um, yeah, it's a good thing to sort of get behind. Um, I know a lot of people just in the game are struggling with, you know, sort of mental health stuff and yep. then if we can help the younger generation, especially with, you know, social media and stuff these days, um, yeah, in any way I can, I sort of like to help out that way. What are we trying to achieve? Just a, a, a balanced mind, a balanced life? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, as I said before, the social media thing sort of sent everyone into overdrive with, you know, people seeing um, people's perfect lives, mm. as you can say, on social media, not really knowing what's actually going on. So, um, yeah, if we're just sort of trying to create awareness, it's, you know, all right to talk about those sort of things. Mm. Um, if you're struggling, you know, um, off the field, if you're a footy player or in your just everyday life uh, in the general public. So, yeah, so what we're doing is um, promoting awareness for, for that kind of thing. It's about us fellas forgetting the ego, talking when we need to and putting our hand up. Great work. Keep up the good fight, mate. Griffin Air Conditioning, the best of the best, servicing the Sydney metro area for both domestic and commercial air conditioning installations and maintenance. They've got the lot, griffinair.com.au. And Galaxy Finance, for all your financial concerns, questions and needs. If you've got a worry, need some clarity or an option, they're the ones for you. Speak to Leanne, galaxyfinance.com.au. And also Burbank, 100% Aussie-owned and giving you everything you need in house or house and land packages. Upgrade, renovate or knock down and start again. They've got it all. Burbank.com.au is for you. All companies are on board. Tell them you heard their name on Unfiltered. They'll look after you big time. I promise that. They're all legends. We're proud to be associated with their great names. Their direct links are on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. If you'd like to be part of the Unfiltered team, get in touch, legends. We've got different levels of sponsorship for different budgets, from 
podcast sponsorship to social media endorsements, personal appearances, voiceover work. Basically, our deals are structured by you and are limited only by your imagination. We'll work with you to ensure you get what you want, when you want and how you want. Get in touch again at our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Hit the sponsorship tab. Next week, I could be promoting your company to the hundreds of thousands of potential customers Unfiltered is reaching every single week. The Legends series, I love it. I hope you do too. The biggest names in the game joining us weekly. You know, at any time, you can go back and listen to a Legends series interview. Actually, any of our podcasts. All of them are timeless, so it actually doesn't matter when you listen to them. And even though you may not have heard them when they first came out, they're timeless. They won't date and they will make sense. That's all of our episodes. They're ready for you for when you're ready. And this week on the Legend Series, the great Chris Walker. From the Rabbitohs to the Roosters, they've been rivals, bitter rivals since 1908. You switch clubs, anything but smooth. Sadly, you really saw the ugly side of rugby league, the ugly side of society as well, with threats and bullshit that, quite frankly and simply, no one should have to go through. And thank God it was before social media. So, yeah. you know, like, and, and this is another thing, Andy, like, it, for people who listen, you know, you've obviously got a good audience. For, for people who think that they have the right to abuse someone because they play sport, they switch it off. And go go out there and train yourself like these players do. They don't go out there to purposely make mistakes. Correct. And that was one thing with me, and that's one thing that Wayne said to me. He goes, he said, because that that rattled me as well. I said, mate, I, I don't know because there were there were times, and I didn't know about the rivalry because I'm from Queensland. I never knew, and I never really watched football because I grew up without a TV. I had no TV for twelve years mm. in my household, which was the greatest thing ever. Um, because I actually got to talk to my brothers and communicate. Um, but in my family. Um, and, and it's amazing too. Like, you, like for, for someone, obviously this is before social media, so they couldn't just pick up a phone and type in something. They actually had, These guys actually sat down and wrote death threats. Um, and it was, it was very rattling. I, you know, I didn't sign up to play football to have someone tell me that they're going to kill me. And it happened... I think there's I think there was about five or five or eight letters that were sent to me from different people. So you know, again I picked up the phone, you now it's my family, spoke to my dad, my mum, spoke to my brothers, spoke to Wayne. Wayne said, Listen, no one's he said, Don't worry about it, Chris. He said, No one's gonna write a letter to you and tell you they're gonna kill you, then they're gonna kill you. He said, yeah. It's the ones that don't write to you, they're the ones you're gonna watch. I said, Thanks, Wayne. So yeah, there were I mean, there were times where I, you know. There was one game in particular that I shit, I was shit myself, and I just received a death threat about someone saying they were going to kill me at the game. And when you're playing and you're playing on the wing, it was it was weird because every time I got the ball, I felt like someone was going to shoot at. Like no one would, but to have that in your head yeah. every time. And then obviously back then you could walk out of the stadium and there's just thousands of fans. Now they're pretty protected from the fans and all that sort of stuff, but. As soon as you walk out of that stadium, you know, the fans are right there. So, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be stabbed on the way to the car or all that sort of stuff. So, but 
I mean, that's, I shouldn't say it's all part and parcel, but unfortunately society, um, you know, generate degenerates like that. And, you know, it's not cool. The football players now in in all sports, they deal with it a lot better than what they do because they have to Mm. um, with social media and how powerful social media, everyone's on social media. But, you know, the people watching and listening to this, um, yeah, if if you've got nothing to say, don't say anything at all. 100%. If you missed it, let's wind the clock all the way back to episodes 98 and 100, one of the most seriously underrated players I've had the pleasure of watching, a beauty of a bloke too, the great Scotty Sattler. The most asked question in your career, that tackle. We have giggles about it across <laughs> the years and we're going to get into that. But it's special. It's, it's one of those moments. You look back now, you're proud of it? I'm proud of it. Not because I thought it was a big moment in the game, because still to this day I don't think it was. Because, um, and I'll tell you why. Wow. Special to me individually because it was my last game for Penrith. Yeah. And from a friend's point of view, I love going out to Penrith and, and still being welcomed out there. Yep. Um, and whether it's because of that, um, I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to live with that. It was special for me because people were talking about it after the game and that my father got a, had an iconic moment in the grand final. Yeah. People still talk about our one in 03 or my one in 03. So to have a father-son, so that's a selfish view of it. Beautiful, yeah. Um, from a team point of view, John Lang's first meeting with me in the pre-season of 2002, he met with me, AJ, and he said, as a lock forward, I want you to play old school. I want you to play Ron Coote um, style. And what I want Covered you to do offense. is – if the ball is on the other side of the ruck that play the ball on tackle five yep. and you're on the other side of the field, he said, I just want you to – because you used to give me a roving. when The number 13s now, they play in the middle. They're like a yep. third sort of front row. Exactly or, right. So I was allowed to roam all around the field. So on this, at this time I was on the opposite side of the field. He said, on the fifth tackle when the kick's going to go, I just want you to just start heading in behind. He used to always say, just in case you needed. Wow. So from every training session from that moment on, to that last game that I played at Penrith, I did that every day and every game, and it was the last game that I played that it was that it was needed. So for me, it wasn't That's a big cool. thing because Johnny Lang had prepared me for it. People say that it was a it was a huge turning point in the game. I still don't think it was. Um, I still think there were turning points in that match. Where I was, you know, like the, the Martin Lang run, yep. run where I thought that you know we were we just sort of had their measure. Fiddler's gone after it. Then he scoops the ball. you will ever see in any game. Unbelievable. What the pick-up by Fittler, a flying winger, and only one man, one man standing between the try line, a try to the Roosters, and it's Scott Sattler. Inside story time, and I'll preface this by saying there is a massive difference between a smart-ass who gets a big head and gloats and a bloke that genuinely enjoys playing with his mates, having a laugh, and that is you. And there's a good core group of mates around you, myself included, that still giggle about that tackle whilst you talk it up and you talk yourself up. Now, you can't tell lies here. (laughs) And we have termed you Mr. 54th Minute. It's nice we can look back and have a giggle all these years later. You know what I think? I think we're playing an era now where you can uh, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. 
have a bit of a piss take. That's right. If you did it back in the 60s, 70s or 80s, you would have got put back in your place. Yeah. So I'm fortunate that if you, you have a bit – if you make fun of yourself, which you do and, and Gordy Tallis and yep. you know, a few of the boys are always you – know, Gordy always calls me shit tackle. And, um, <laughs> but he calls me uh, John Jr. But, um, but in saying that, it's, I think you've got to be able to take the piss out of yourself. And I do. I take the piss out of myself. And- absolutely. Do you recall the night we were commentating together at Penrith and I yes. pretended there was a stadium light in <laughs> yes. my eyes, so I stuck a piece of paper up on the commentary <laughs> box window facing the crowd. I'd written Mr. 54th Minute on Is that it. Penrith Stadium? Yeah. <laughs> you were unaware and the fans were turning around and looking and pointing and giving you the thumbs up all night. You had no idea. Uh, good mates. Who needs enemies when you've got friends oh, like you? Hey? Brutal. <laughs> Are you following us on social media? Certainly hope so. That way you get your say on topics of the week, on upcoming guests, latest news, debates, theories. We'll keep you updated too on who and what is coming up on the podcast, plus exclusive offers, and there's free shit too. Our social media handle, pretty basic because I'm a pretty basic type of guy. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Andy Raymond. Life after football, few have transitioned as well or as successfully as our guest Jason Stevens, Mate, I could imagine for some the void left by rugby league upon retirement is pretty difficult to deal with. Yeah, it was, Andy, actually. I, I didn't know what uh, what to expect, I, which I didn't know was going to be my last appearance for a while on the footy show. Uh, Peter Sterling said to me back in 2005, the year I retired, he said, you're about to go through a very hard time. And I remember thinking... What is he talking about? Like, I had a two-year contract with a footy show. They were going to renew me again for two years. And lo and behold, they changed the EP the following year. And I walked into a uh, – and they didn't tell me. And they, I walked into uh, to no job. And so I was really uh, quite rattled. And, and uh, to, to add to the things, to add to that was the fact that I, I began to learn some things about myself where I had sort of artificially – uh, propped up my identity through through rugby league, and one thing that happened was Paul Gallen texted me the first game that I had in 2006. He said, "Come sit with the boys. We want to see you." And I said, "Oh, mate, I, I feel awkward because I'm not part of the team." And he goes, "No, no, no, come." So I came and sat with the boys, and this young kid came up to Gals and said, "Oh, can you sign my jersey?" And and then Gals handed it to me, and the young kid pulled back and said, "Who's he?" And I was like, oh, and I was almost like, oh, wow, I just retired. It was like 14 years. And it started to hit me that you become, no one wants you sick. <laughs> no one really wants you. you. You've gone from being sick of signing signatures because you'd be doing two, three hour sessions. Yeah. To actually, them going, like, actually, I don't want, I don't want any signature. <laughs> and actually, it sent me on a bit of a, a journey of, learning my value outside of football, and that was a, it was a hard period, actually. You got over that hard period, which, and I, I, love, uh, I love stories of, of positivity, but since then you've moved on to a real variety of projects. You, you've authored a couple of books. You've been a television show host, uh, filmmaker, cameo actor, um, a lot of variety there, a lot of reward personally, uh, and a lot of success too, which is, which is wonderful. 
Yeah, I was I was very excited, particularly with the filmmaking, to to get my first film, Chasing Comets, out. We had we were on a hundred cinemas across Australia, and then we uh, sold it to Channel Ten as well as Stan, which it's on now. That was really exciting for me, and uh, particularly particularly to the cast that we had who believed in my ability to 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 make films. So we had Isabel Lucas, and you know she's done a lot of work in the states with Transformers and. And stuff. Then we had some, you know, Peter, like Peter Phelps, Ruth Muldoon, um, uh, Stan Walker. We had we had some really seasoned type actors uh, come on board, and I was yeah, I was I was really excited by that. And you know, it's it's a miracle a film gets made. I'll be honest with you. And I, I was I was worn out at the end. On the last day, I said to my wife Beck, who did all the wardrobe by herself, pretty much. Um, I said, Beck, I'm I'm actually going to collapse if I don't go if I don't go home. So I, I left halfway on uh, the last day. I just could, I couldn't do it anymore because it just it drained every ounce out of me. I, I can't explain it, but it was rewarding. But it was very rewarding, and I'm very thankful. I tell you, I'm a fan of uh, Isabel Lucas, by the way, Jace. Can I just tell you quickly on that note? I met her probably 20 years ago. She had just come to audition for Home and Away. I was driving with my friend in the city and the car in front of us got swiped and the car took off and we got out because uh, we got out to see if the person was all right. It was Isabel Lucas. That's how I met her. She said she's down here to audition for Home and Away. 25 so years later, whatever it is, we do a film together. Can you believe that? That's life coming full circle. Uh, what is it about the filmmaking that hooked you? Because it's, it's, it's addictive. It is. I love I love telling stories. Like Andy, I've got a I've got a there's a World War Two one which I'm just itching to get up. It's a it's a based on the the true uh, uh, unit called Z unit, who are our first commandos in our war history in World War Two. And uh, what we know is the commandos today originated from Z unit, and they were they were sworn to secrecy. Like if there were any danger of getting killed, they'd have to take a cyanide pill. They were they were they were all their missions were suicidal. And not many Aussies know of their story, and I've actually got the rights to a a, a a true story involving a St. George Rugby League front rower who went to war as part of Z Unit, and the story is, oh, I just, I just can't, I can't tell you how good it is. It's eight guys on this island trying to, trying to do the impossible. You know, I want to bring these stories to life because stories change people, they move people, sometimes they make you laugh, but there's a real, with film, or TV, there's a purpose in it, you know, and it's you, if you see it as a service to the world and you want to move people by the, you know, by your stories, you know, you, you just hang in there until it all it all comes to pass. And Jace, for anyone interested in your filmmaking or anyone interested in a little bit about you, uh, the online presence is jasonstevensproductions.com. That's right, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's some there's some information about the film that we've done and. I haven't um, got any information as yet about uh, the Z Unit film that I'd like to do, but I've I've actually got 10, 10 projects that I'm trying to push in different in different directions, and so yeah, I'm I'm loving it. It's challenging, but uh, there's no other place I'd rather be than, than doing it here in Australia. Well, Jace, good luck with your next project, mate. It is always a pleasure, and we wish you all the very best in the future. And mate, let me just say, if there's an opportunity there for for a cast person who, and they're not fussy about looks, I've got your number. Yeah, that's exactly right. They wouldn't want to be fussy at all. You're the new Costanza. I'm telling you. <laughs> 
September 8, 2013. It was the last round of the season. Brookvale Oval for Manly and Penrith. And two future superstars made their debut for the Eagles. Jake Travojevic was one. And his teammate was this man, Clint Gutherson. What do you recall of your debut game, mate? Yeah, look, pretty special moment. Uh, got to got to debut with Jake. We've been around a long time together, played a lot of junior footy together. And uh, to, to run out there on a Sunday Arbor at Brookie, it's every kid's dream because yeah. uh, we've been there all all our sort of childhood on the Sunday or Saturday Arvos and um, been down there and uh, to be able to run out there with a packed house um, with the Eagle Rock running at the time and um, a lot lucky enough I think it was my second touch got over in the corner and um, it was all a, sort of a blur from there but uh, it's a pretty special moment I'll remember yeah mate it was your second touch in first grade that is that's dreams come true stuff it is I think my first touch I fell over and, and hit the deck off a kick return so that it was a little bit better, but we had practiced this scrum and I knew that when we got – Chaz kicked a 40-20 actually and I knew that when we got the scrum, I was a big chance. It was on the right side. I was on the left wing and I said, oh, it could be a chance here and I just grabbed it. I'm surprised, I'm surprised I didn't drop it because I was that nervous. But I found, found into the corner and uh, I just remember all the older boys just coming over and uh, giving me a big hug and uh, it was a pretty special moment. You grew up in the Manly area. You made your debut for Manly. Obviously, you're an eel now. Do you still keep tabs on the old club? Is part of the heart still there? Yeah, it's still got a soft spot to me. As you said, I grew up around here. I still live over here, so it's um, it's still got a soft part in my heart. But whenever we verse them, it's always um, do or die. So it's um, I still keep in contact with a lot of the boys that I played with there. And look, especially Jakey and a few of my other good mates that are still playing there. So it's um, look, it's still good. And you don't hate your team because they let you go. You just got to move on and, and just sort of adapt and they're always going to have a soft, soft spot for me. Love winding the clock back and doing so with the good guys. Gutho, thanks for the chat. We'll do it again soon, mate. Thanks, Wayne. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. It's that easy to win. Last week, we suggested outing a mate in your review. Instead of saying nice things about the podcast in the review, outing a mate. Just tell us who's the worst punter amongst your group of friends. Man, did we get some cracking answers. We're giving away three hats as a result this week for these following reviews. Ammunition Guy 32 wrote, The captain needs two hands to wipe his bum. And a third hand to throw his losing bet slips in the bin. Last win was Blackheart Bart at a hundreds. Hasn't collected since. Won't bet with him again. Punish. Cuffbo wrote, got a mate that never lost. His name is Tim O'Toole or Tool O'Tim. He answers to both. Egan Zeal sent us in this. He said, it's me. I never win. Misses and kids beat me in the tipping comp. Misses now puts my bets on online. Just can't pick them. Outed himself, Egan's heels did. Wow, you beauty. All three of you legends win. All three get a cap this week. Please get in touch. We'll send one out to you. We'd love for you to leave a review on your app when you're done listening here. It helps as we look to expand the brand. This week, along with the five stars, of course, legends, why don't you simply tell us the best burger you've had out. 
That way, we can wrap a few burger joints next week, we can spread the word on where's a good feed, and hopefully also give them a leg up as lockdowns start to finally ease. Enjoy your footy. Have a cracking week, legends. I'm going to miss you until we do it all again next week.